0: All right. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Back to school week, so we got the easel out today. <laughs> I don't know what Josh has up his sleeve today, but I'm excited. Um, <laughs> let me just open up in prayer, and I'm going to pass it over to Josh. I, I feel I have a feeling we got some stuff to go through today. So Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. God, we just thank you for back to school week. We thank you for all the men that maybe just aren't here this morning because they're serving their families well. We pray that you would encourage them this morning, even in their absence here. Um, God, speak to us. Um, Give us ears to hear and eyes to see and tender hearts to receive everything that you have. Um, Even through Josh this morning, God, speak your very words through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Josh. (laughs) Yee-haw. Even through. Josh, yes. God, we know you can perform miracles. (laughs) You can speak through a donkey. He can speak through this ass for sure. So, fruits of the Spirit... Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and stress. We know that if the Holy Spirit is in us, then stress should come out of us. Alright, so we've been talking about stress management, kicked it off with Dwight Bain, much better speaker than I, over at the, uh, above Oxum, over there, and he talked about serenity and gave out a whole packet on serenity, and really the summary of that serenity packet is that serenity is about surrender, right? And so then the next week I talked about how uh, the, the enemy of God in the garden convinced Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge right there's the tree of life and it wasn't the tree of death it was odd that it was the tree of knowledge but that is about so much about us especially as men wanting to know the things that God knows so that we can be like God so that we can be in control of things we want to be in control of the things in our life and that is an illusion and we need to recognize that that's an illusion that is going to continue to drive us toward death and destruction and remember Jesus said we need to have faith like a child Right, We need to trust in God like a child. The next week, we talked about surrendering control of our finances. That was last week and what that looks like and trusting that God is going to give us our daily bread and letting go of that stress and worry and fear of not having the provision. And so today, what I want to talk about is, as I've been talking with you guys over the last several weeks about stress and the things that you're stressed about, and in our small group, the thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again is this stress about wanting to make sure that I'm fulfilling my purpose in life, that I'm listening to God's will, that I know what His will is for my life, and that I'm not wasting my life, to use John Piper's terminology. So we're going to talk today about how you know the will of God in your life um, because it really is very simple. How ridiculously dumb would it be for God to put us here for a purpose and then not tell us what that purpose is? Well, the good news is that he spells it out very, very clearly in his word. And so we're going to dive into that today. So our purpose, very simply, is to know God... Oh, this thing's gonna keep shaking. To know God and to make Him known to others. To know God and to make Him known. Now, that's it, right there. Done. We could we could wrap it up today, and we'd be good to go. Not too not too fast. So to know God and make him known. So how do we do this now? How do we actually do this in our life? Because as we know God and as we as he reveals himself to us, we should be so on fire to go and do this. Right? How many of you after you've seen just an incredible movie. Which Rick, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh. My goodness, I'm so glad you uh, <laughs> yeah. Top Gun. <laughs> so how many people did you tell about that movie after you saw it? A ton, right? You were excited about that. Yeah, like, so how much more should we be excited? Hacksaw Ridge. The ridge, the the you know, the thing, the over-the-top, what is that? <laughs> so to know God and make him known. So we know God through... Scripture, we know God through prayer, we know God through meditation, we know God in the midst of our Sabbath, being still and knowing that He is God, and then we know God as well in our biblical community. Our church family. So we we need to be in the word of God because Jesus says that's how we learn his voice. That's how we recognize his voice. He says, the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice and we follow that voice. Well, we learn God's voice through scripture. In prayer, as Paul says, to pray without stopping, it is a constant communion with God. Meditation and Sabbath really kind of go hand in hand. That's that chance to just be still, to go out to the River Ranch or, or wherever it is that, that you find peace and rest and be still with God. And then biblical community, we know God. Because our biblical community around us is making him known and how they care for us, how they walk with us, how they shepherd us, how we do things like we're doing here at Iron Men of God. So as we get to know God and make him known, the number one command that Jesus gives us is to love, right? So... We know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, even the first four roughly deal with loving God, the last six deal with loving others, is to love God, and the second one sits alongside it, as Jesus says, to love others as well as we love ourselves. And then he says this really cool thing, Everything in the law and the prophet hinges on these two things. Right? And then back then, at the time that Jesus said that, the New Testament was being lived out. It hadn't been written yet. So the entire Word of God was the Old Testament. And it was divided into roughly two categories, the Law and the Prophets. So what he's saying is everything, cover to cover, in God's Word, hinges on love. Now, there's two groups of people that, if you spend any time in Scripture, realize that Jesus is particularly passionate about Number one is the lost. People that don't know the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. People that don't know the way are lost. And he says his example is that he would leave the 99 sheep to go and find the one that was lost. He's passionate about the lost. Love the lost and the Least of these. Matthew 25. Jesus says some pretty sobering things. This is one of the more sobering passages in all of Scripture where he says that he separates the sheep from the goats. The goats spend eternity away from God. The sheep spend eternity with God. And the factor that determines whether someone is a sheep or a goat is whether or not they cared for people that were hungry, thirsty, broken, down and out, naked, in prison, that needed help. It's, it's the, it's the broken, people of God, uh, broken people of the world that he calls us out to. So we are called to love the lost, making him known to the lost, and making him known to the least of these. When we give somebody a cool drink of water that is thirsty, we are making God known, right? So then, we also make him known to our biblical community. Jesus says, the world will know that we are his by how we love God. One another within the church. As we love each other, we are making God known to other people out there. Then, in order to make disciples as Jesus calls us to, it really kind of starts with making friends and being a friend to other people. You cannot make disciples if you cannot make friends. So if you struggle with making friends, beg God on your knees to ask him to help you be better at making friends. And what I encourage our kids is don't worry so much about having friends. Worry more about being a friend because you can control that. You can't control how other people respond, but you can control how you love other people by being a friend. And then we talk about all the time in Iron Man... We tend to glamorize the mission field in Africa and Dominican Republic and Haiti and around the world in developing nations, but we miss the fact that we are called, especially as men, to live on mission in our mission field to our co-workers, our bosses, our employees, We have the opportunity to live on mission. If you are a doctor, that is your Africa. That is not a compartment of your life that is separate from God. God put you specifically there to reach those people in that office. You are called to live on mission to make him known to your co-workers. So what this means is that we are going around... constantly praying. We are going around constantly praying, no matter where we are. That is the essence of what Paul says when he says that we are to pray without stopping. If that's true, I went through about a two-year hard two-year span when I was in seminary really struggling with what was the meaning of prayer. And that's a whole other teaching topic, but the bottom line is that it is the essence of our relationship with God. The reason I struggled with it is because I viewed God as a genie in a bottle who was there to fix my problems when I had problems, and I would only go to him when I had problems. But if prayer is supposed to be constant, then it probably means that it's 90% listening and 10% me jabbing my jaw, right? So we are going around constantly in communion with the spirit of God as you're walking through the checkout line in the grocery store, as you're dealing with people at the office, as you're going to the restaurant, as you're walking, as you're in the line at Four Rivers, constantly listening, God, who in my surrounding right now do you want me to make you known to? It's that constant listening and discernment, praying, praying, praying. That is why God put you here. I promise you he will answer that prayer. If you go around constantly listening to the Spirit of God, saying, God, who is it that you want me to make you known to right now, <clears throat> he will answer that prayer. Another way to look at this. Hope you guys can see this okay in my chicken scratch. Whoops. A balanced triangle of our life. We've got in, out, and up. Our relationship with God starts going up to Him. It is is knowing God through these avenues. As we know God, we will press into biblical community, and then as a result of relating with God, relating with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we will be driven out into community to make him known and again like mother teresa said or i think it's you know it's been uh, attributed to several people but shout the gospel from the mountaintops and sometimes use words right we we make him known when we bring a, a cold drink of water we make him known when we refill the printer supplies at the office, when we clean up after ourselves in the, in the workplace. And so <clears throat> those are all ways that we make him known. So we relate with God, we know God, we relate with biblical community, and then we are driven out because he's, he's giving us his heart, and his heart breaks for these people. He, it breaks for people that are malfunctioning because they, don't, they aren't connected to the life source. His heart breaks for people that are hungry because that's not the way he made us to exist. He is in the process since the day of the fall of restoring humanity and creation back to what he intended before the fall. Right? John 3.16. Somebody give me that one. For God so loved the world. Well, that Greek word for world is actually cosmos. It's not just people, it's actually all of creation. He is in the process of restoring all of that brokenness back to what he intended before the fall. And the cool thing is we get to participate in that. That's an amazing thing that we get to participate in. So, what I want to encourage you guys with, I'm out of space here stop living for God start living with God stop living for God start living with God Living for God has this implication of pressure which drives stress out of our lives. Listen to these two passages that in my opinion are key for stress management. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to jump down to 22 and 23 which we've hit every week so far. For freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Well, the context of that yoke of slavery is about the Pharisees and all the rules and regulations that the church leaders were trying to put on them in their behavior correction. And what Jesus says, I want you to start with the heart. That's why he says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman lustfully in your heart, you're committed adultery. He's trying to make the outside and the inside the same so that it's authentic, so that we aren't different on the outside than we are on the inside. And the answer to sin is not to stop sinning. The answer to sin is to press into God and intimacy with him. And then he will change our heart so that we don't desire to do it anymore. Because it's very, very tactical. When we desire to do something, to constantly stop doing it. If I tell you don't think of a pink elephant, it's almost impossible for you to not think of a pink elephant. The answer is not to stop sinning. The answer to his, is to press into him. He will change your heart so that you don't desire. And that's why he says his burden is light. So later on in Galatians 5... He, says, he, talks, he contrasts the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those things are contrary to stress. And it is birthed out of us being set free. Those things are birthed out of us being set free in Christ. Why? Because we trust in Him. We trust that His way leads to abundant life versus trying to seek abundant life in every other way around us. Matthew chapter 11. Come to me. This is Jesus talking. All who labor and are heavy laden. Again, He's in the context and the setting of where he is is he's talking to groups of church leaders. Come to me, all who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Stop stressing about whether or not you're missing your purpose here on this planet. Number one, we talked about in week two, the only plan we want to move forward in life is God's plan. And there's nothing that you and I can do to stop that from happening. So we can we can let go of that stress. Now one thing I will add is we need to add a measure, and this is going to get real messy here, we need to add a measure of patience In all of this. And that is birthed out of trusting in God's timing. On things Because we tend to, like I know for me, I'm not a very patient person. God gives me a vision for something and I want it to happen like tomorrow. <clears throat> and yet that's not <laughs> what's going to happen. And, and I'm trying to push something forward. It's like trying to push water uphill. It's very stressful. I need to trust that God is going to provide everything that needs to happen. Like I guarantee you Noah didn't build that boat in a week. Right? It probably took several years, um, it, having never done it before. And then, he, and then he was the one in control of bringing the animals there and, and the timing and the rain and all of that kind of stuff. So, so when we have faith like a child, just that, just that trust that God is in control and that we can't mess it up and that he's going to provide our daily bread, that's why Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread. So this right here, gentlemen, is... The definition of success. It's not what car you drive. It's not what house you live in, what gated community you live in. It's not about comparing yourself to men around you. It's not about comparing your marriage to marriages around you. This right here, be faithful to do this. How easy is that? That's so much easier. All we have to do is... Press into God. Be in his word. Be still. Know that he is God. And then take what we are learning of his spirit and sharing it with other people. That's peaceful. Do this and you will stand before him one day and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. This is why he put you here, to know God and make him known. And so if that is what you care about, he will answer your prayers. I promise you he will. He, If you are saying, God, who do you want me to share the gospel with today? Who do you want me to provide a cool drink of water to today? He will answer that prayer, I promise you. So this should alleviate any stress of worrying about whether or not you're fulfilling your purpose in life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we are so unfaithful. <laughs> in so many ways in our life and even as you continue and continue and continue to make yourself known to us we still somehow feel like we need to be in control like we need to be you and we are not made to be you <clears throat> only you can be you so help us to let you be you and then give us ears to hear your spirit lead us where you want us to make you known in our surroundings and Father just give Give us a passion for your word to dive into your scriptures that are God-breathed, written by men who are moved by the Spirit. How cool is that? So Lord, we love you. Help us to trust you. Thanks for being graceful and patient with us when we don't trust you. And I just pray for this group of men that are here because I can see a transformed Winter Garden of Koei and Windermere with just this group of men living on mission for you in their daily lives, listening to your spirit constantly and obeying. You changed the world with 12. How much more could you do with 40? We love you, Lord. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, we pray.